The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And uh, we're going to discuss this week's episode of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Stock up, stock down. Joel, one one thing I've learned from you as we've done this podcast is that some of the best episodes are where there's kind of a story that kind of takes place over multiple segments. And I feel we got one of those tonight with the Pinnacle situation. Um, we had the uh, FTR match. We had the Wardlow popping out of nowhere. We had a um, promo from FTR later in the show. So there's a lot going on with the pinnacle here. Um, a lot of different things we can talk about. So let's f- first talk about MJF. Basically, like you ever have like you had a f- fight with one of your friends. So you try to buddy buddy with your other friends just to make sure like, oh, you know, I still have this friend supporting me. Like that's what that felt tonight. Wardlow's gone. MJF is a bit exposed. He needs to make sure that his bald buddies I get. I guess they're both not bald, but yeah, Cash is decidedly not. He has a mullet. not bald. Yeah, that's like the opposite <laughs> of bald. Well, if you combine them together, you probably have two normal haircuts. Um, but just making sure that FTR is still in his corner. Um, what what do you kind of think of this? You know, overhype. These are my friends. I love them. Uh, MJF tonight. Well, I mean, to me, this kind of signals that FTR is going to be occupying a tweener, almost babyface space uh, here moving forward. Because, I mean, obviously Wardlow is over huge Mm -hmm. with the crowd. And I think it's interesting that FTR is kind of positioning themselves as being like, hey, like, you're our friend. He's also our friend. So, like, we don't want to get in the middle of this. It's reminiscent of the Bucks and how they were with adam page and the uh elite undisputed folks um so uh, it did that part did kind of bother me that's like this feels like ground that someone else was literally just treading like are these footsteps still warm uh but at the same time like it was done very well and I, i gotta give props to dax in particular for his acting on this episode of dynamite, because he was convincing. Mm -hmm. He he did really, really well. And uh, I like the direction that this is going. Yeah. Yeah. What what I'm hoping that differentiates this from what we saw with the young bucks is Adam page is that FTR veers away from the bad guys, you know, like the whole kind of twist in that young bucks page feud is that they ended up aligning with Omega and really just going shit, shit, heel. Oh, no. I'm talking about more recent than that. I'm talking oh, about the Bucks with Adam Page with Red Dragon and Adam Cole. Oh. Where they yeah. were like, hey, like when it pertains to to Adam Page, count us out. We're not a part of this. Like we're your friend, but, you know, we're also not going to mess with Adam Page. Well, I guess what's how that turned out is like we haven't seen the Young Bucks at all involved with the Adam Cole, Red Dragon, Hangman Page, you know, Jurassic Express kind of thing. They literally have been like, nah, we're good. We'll see in a few weeks. Um, I don't think FTR is going to, you know, take a step back from the Wardlow MJF drama. 
Like it feels like they could be a you know central cog um, here over the next few weeks and how that MJF Warlow story develops. You know, it could be Warlow's like, I'm going to give you the count of three to get out of my way or I'm going to kick your ass. And we get the, you know, hey, okay, MJF, FTR is out. You know, they're no longer, they no longer has his back. So um, I think that, you know, they could play this differently. And, you know, FTR, we haven't really gotten to see them as like, faces really anywhere they've always kind of been either heels or tweeners and i know they're kind of in that in-between zone right now but they got a hell of a reaction from the crowd tonight like yeah wardlow's pop was huge but ftr was insanely over with that crowd um i think fans are just dying for a reason to like cheer them more and we've seen what how big of a, a star wardlow is just from like kind of opposing mjf you could kind of have the same kind of bump for FTR if when they, you know, turn their backs on the pinnacle, turn their back on what I guess would be Sean Spears and MJF, you know, not much left. So um, I'm definitely interested in this. I did love the like the posters of Wardlow that they were putting all over the arena. Like, like no, like someone's not going to know what Wardlow looks like. (laughs) Like like it just, it was corny and it was funny. Um, You know, and and yeah, just having Wardlow show up, you know, okay. He's going to ask for by security. He's got to do the spot. Joel, he's got to do that. I'm about, I'm, I bought a ticket. I get to sit front row. (laughs) I bought a ticket. You can't do anything about it. Um, because that's classic and we need it and it would be just the perfect way to get Wardlow, you know, on TV. So, but what do you think of the whole Wardlow is staying home? You know, MJF is going to have him basically pay pay him to stay home. Put him, he put him on the commissioner's exempt list, basically. It feels very meta, you know, because I mean, in the history of wrestling, this has happened a bunch of times. It's happening right now with some talent in the other wrestling company. Um, But, you know, it reminds me of when uh, the WWF bought WCW. And of course, there were people that they basically were like, yeah, we're not going to bring you in to do anything, um, but we have to honor your contract. So, you know, you're just going to sit at home and collect that WCW money. And, uh, you know, this is obviously slightly different. It's a scripted storyline, but it has that meta connection to real events that have taken place in professional wrestling, which I think lends a credence and credibility to what they're doing and the story that they're telling. So that's kind of cool. In general though, like we know where this is going. We know how this is going to end. And it's about how long can you drag this out before it gets tiresome? And, you know, you've got that sweet spot of when the iron is hottest to actually give us this match. And uh, the question that I would throw back to you is, do you think they can find enough creative things to do to drag this out until double or nothing? You know, we're, we're two months away essentially. Yeah. You know, I, we talked about fantasy booking before the show and I've been kind of trying to play this out in my head, certain ways. The obvious end game is, Hey, Wardlow MJF, where if Wardlow wins, his contract is transferred to AEW or he's bought out of his contract with MJF, something like that. Um, but how are we going to get that showdown if he's getting dragged away by security every week, security every week? Um, this is where I really wish that like Ring of Honor was like a steady, stable thing because they could have like MJF just show up on 
you know, the debut of the new Ring of Honor and Wardlow being like, oh, by the way, I have a Ring of Honor contract. I'm allowed to be here. Let me beat your ass. Because we need that showdown without security getting involved because we've seen that. It's what, the second, third week in a row where a bunch of, you know, black t-shirted security guards are pulling Wardlow away. I think it's just the second. That's the second week. But it can't keep being that because that's going to get extremely boring. Um, So there there can be some creative ways, you know, like I kind of would like it if we just saw a video package of Wardlow just like being outside of MJF's house, like just staring in the windows or just like tailing him very obviously like a a bad CI or something. Um, There's ways that they can do it, but I think you have to get get to that confrontation where they set up the match. Cause once they set up the match, um, then you can kind of be like, okay, well he, he's going to be on AEW TV because he has a match at a pay-per-view. Um, so yeah, I think there's ways can do it. I'm, I'm not worried yet. If we go to next week and in Boston and they're doing the same fucking thing, <laughs> just like, I'd rather him just not be on TV for a while. Like yeah. literally take him off TV for three weeks, have MJF, Remember MJF did that like mini feud with uh, Pillman Jr. It's like a three week feud. It got Pillman some major, uh, you know, shine. Do something like that with MJF in the meantime, and then bring, you know, the Ward Wardlow back. You know, early May, late April. Then you can do a proper build where he like, hey, you know, I read something in my contract. I can do this, this, and this, and get out. But whatever. But it's a long time to double or nothing. It's a long time. It is. And that's, that's, I think where the, the, my impetus for asking the question comes from is like, do we think this is going to be at the pay-per-view or do we think this is going to resolve on a big episode of dynamite? I think they have another, uh, have a battle of the belts two coming up. Yeah. So like that could potentially be going on on the TNT special, and that could main event the TNT special. Like mm-hmm. that's a significant match that has a long history and story. So I think there's some opportunities there. Um, I do think we need to get into some kind of territory to your point of Wardlow messing with MJF outside of the context of an AEW arena, mm-hmm. because we need something that's going to cause MJF who holds all the cards and has all the power in this scenario to, change his decision and bring Wardlow back into the mix. And I mean, that's kind of the classic storytelling is that, you know, the heel gets for some reason, you know, gets goaded into having a match with the baby face and and you go from there. So uh, I agree. We need to start turning in that direction. This two weeks in a row of running up against security is good. It's fine. It moves things forward, but it's moved things forward as far as it can. You know, if they want to drag this out to an MJF's contract, then they could do a loser goes to NXT developmental match. Just send the <laughs> one to WWE. Um, <laughs> I thought you would like that. <laughs> um, one last thing before we move on. Uh, do you see this, the pinnacle just flat out ending? Or do you see it evolving in like the Jericho Appreciation Society where we get like a 2.0 version? Like, could Brian Cage, like, they renewed his option. Like, could he be a new member of the Pinnacle if they decide to keep it going? That could potentially be a good fit. I mean, I think there's a lot of different things they could do. I'm hesitant to say, hey, bring in new people, refresh this group, and keep it going. Because, you know, you already have Jericho doing that. Mm -hmm. 
and it's kind of weird to have two heels doing this kind of parallel thing yeah it was weird when jericho had the inner circle and mjf had the pinnacle and it was like wait a second why are we rooting for jericho and the inner circle in this feud like we kind of still hate them uh so yeah I'd, i'd rather see mjf get back to being a singles wrestler you know flying solo um i'd be fine if sean spears stayed as his lackey like as his bro you know just have like one guy who's like always there to hype you up i'd be cool with that yeah i don't want to see a pinnacle 2.0 but joel that would last a little longer than i thought it would talking about all that that's good um let's move on to our next topic and that's the debut of tony storm uh yeah it caught me (laughs) totally by surprise um i was not aware that like her non-compete was up because i thought she just left wwe not that no, long ago I, she she asked for her release in like december or something maybe okay. even earlier it was weird because it was right around the same time that like the mustafa ali reports came out that like he wanted to leave and it was so weird because wwe just straight up said yeah tony see ya like when does wwe usually grant people their releases when they ask I can't. Yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre. Like, I, I don't I can't pretend to understand, like, why certain people get released and certain people do not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't pay attention to contracts and stuff because I, I'm not like kayfabe only anymore, but I'm still. Like, yeah, I pine for the days when I was kayfabe only. <laughs> um, but it, it is it is. Uh, anywho, it it's a really I think a really big signing. Um, huge maybe their biggest like outside of the company signing maybe ruby soho and her i would consider like 1a 1b in that regard but i think tony storms i think she's just has a higher ceiling and i think she's a gonna be a great fit here like i think you text me didn't you say already top five in the women's division yeah i think so i stand by that i think that's an accurate representation of her skill level um, I watched her a lot in NXT UK and was really, really impressed always with, uh, with what she brought to the table and a tremendous, tremendous talent. And I'm excited to hear what she sounds like on an AEW microphone. I'm excited to see what she can do in the ring beyond this kind of initial match, which did seem a little bit stilted to me like i don't know if these two have ever wrestled each other before um you know there was some good stuff in there uh overall it was a good match really enjoyed it uh but there were some weird hesitations and and spots that didn't look totally smooth Uh, so i'm excited to see what she can do and as she continues to like get more familiar with this locker room and and these talents and uh, the AEW presentation like what's that gonna look like yeah, and I feel like that's just got to be a transition, you know, going from WWE style, NXT style to uh, to AEW. I remember a while ago, God, when AJ Styles debuted in WWE, like his first like podcast appearance, he talked about how like the ropes are different yep. in the two companies. I don't know what the ropes are like compared to AEW, but like him going from like NJPW Ring of Honor to WWE is like mm-hmm. it just it took him some time to understand like, okay, this is how it can run on these ropes. This is how I'm going to like check myself off the ropes. Like that's well, just a small thing, but I'm sure there's just like mm-hmm. a, a kind of a gro- like what's the term? like a 
feeling out period when you kind of get used yeah. to being in the company. Yeah, like uh, my understanding is that WWE is the only company that uses actual ropes um, and everywhere else it's uh, steel cables that are encased mm -hmm. in, um, I, th I think, a rubber. Uh, mm -hmm. But the cables have more give than the ropes. And so, you know, that's why the springboard for AJ was so dramatically different. But I imagine even just running the ropes and feeling the spring that you get off of them. Uh, anyone who's listened to Lance Storm talk about women's mm -hmm. wrestling knows that uh, women have to change their form just a little bit um, because of the height and weight difference on how they hit the ropes and it changes the footwork. And if you already are having to hit the ropes a little bit differently and then you're having to learn how to do that in a different style of ring or just readjust because I'm sure she's done it a million times before. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that adjustment, the, those little things do make a difference. Uh, but yeah. Absolutely tremendous talent. And in terms of work rate, I would absolutely put her top five in the company day one. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm just excited. This is a huge get for the division and truly feels like the biggest free agent signing in the women's division to date. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to like now that she's made her debut, she'll probably just, you know, she'll be on Dynamite Rampage. But I wouldn't be surprised if she just starts working match after match after match on like Dark elevation a get those wins up we know how important those are but b just get some reps you know in aw with aw talent well, um, she's still super young too like oh yeah, she's, she's got 26. a lot of career ahead of her mm -hmm. so and that's what i like about the signing too it's not like you know we i was talking last week how i wish there was some you know veteran women available you know we hall of fame level women who could come in you know maybe late 30s or something do some of these stories she's 26 years old like there's a lot of probably untapped potential. And then also like you're looking, you know, I, I play dynasty fantasy sports. You got to look at all your players as, you know, their ages and how the roster construction looks. Having someone that talented at 26, probably under a three to four year deal. That just gives you such a big runway to not only help her develop further, but put her in a position to make her a bigger star than when she walked in the door. Cause that's what the goal should be. You know, Tony Storm is this well known, this like respected when she walked through the door. We want to make sure that hopefully she doesn't leave. But by the time that four year contract runs out, that she's a better version of herself. And I we know Tony Storm. We, we know she's going to keep busting her ass to get to that point. Um, so I wish this is unrelated, kind of unrelated. I wish they would give us more information about the Owen. Like, we don't know how many people are in the bracket. We don't know really like, is it going to be like, I would love it to be a one night event, but we know it's not going to be, but like, I just feel like we need more details right now. Just telling us there's qualifying matches. How many qualifying matches should we expect? I, I think there's a lot of time, you know, the tournament, I don't think starts until May. So we've got a month to get more details, to see more qualifying matches, to get more hyped about it. And in general, I think the less information you provide up front in pro wrestling, the better, because it leaves more room for flexibility. It leaves more room for surprises. And we all enjoy that shit. There is plenty of time for them to give us the bracket and for us to get hyped about the actual concrete matches once they're settled. But, uh, but you know, there's we still got a month. It's not even April yet. It's almost <laughs> April, but it's not quite April yet. And uh, so we got plenty of time before they start actually, you know, doing these tournament matches. 
And speaking of the, I'm like, I'm looking at the women's division roster right now, just on aw.com. Man, <laughs> it's starting to look really good and really deep. There's so much talent on this roster. Mm-hmm. Think of where we were during like the pandemic era where it was Sheeta and like three other women. It was like Nyla and Statland. One half she got of hurt. Britt Baker. <laughs> yeah, one half of one foot of Britt Baker. Um, like just look at the influx of talent. Like we have we haven't really talked about Paige Van Zant has started her training. She's training with freaking Gangrel, which is awesome. Um, we haven't even had the like Hikaru Shida, Serena Deeb, like what is it? Fifth match? I don't even know what match number they're on now, but we need that match here soon. Thunder Rosa. The only number that matters in that feud is one more match. That's the only number I care about. (laughs) Yeah. So like, oh yeah, it's, it's just incredible right now that they've, you know, between today versus a year ago, how the women's division has evolved. And it's kind of what we talked about. Like our goal for 2021 was build up the women's division. Like you did the tag teams and the men's singles division. It's bleeding into 2022 a bit, but I'll take it. Yeah, better late than never. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it is late at this point. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're six months, seven months away from the three-year anniversary of the company. But you know what? Hey, it's working. Oh, starting to work. So, man, two topics down. Joel, why don't you, why don't you lead us into our third one and stock up, stock down? <sighs> yeah. So, um there was a lot that happened on this uh, this episode, um, but we actually want to spend a little bit of time talking about the state of Rampage. And this is kind of a stock in the middle, maybe verging on a stock down. And uh, I, I'm going to kind of lead off with this, which is lately Rampage has not felt essential to me. So uh, talk me off the ledge, Mike. Why should I be watching Rampage every week? Help me out here. I haven't. So I, I'm not the person to talk you off the <laughs> ledge here, unfortunately. Um, it's unfortunate because the last probably month or so, I've treated Rampage like I've treated Dark in the past. If Twitter says, hey, man, there was something really great on Rampage, you should watch it. Or, you know, I'll, I'll go watch it. But it's just hard to watch a show on Friday nights, especially 10 o'clock on a Friday night. Like, oh, come on, man. We live in the world of DVR. Even then, like, it's, it, I don't know. There, for me, it's just been hard to be like, ah, there's nothing on here I really want to watch. Like, I think the last Rampage that I was like, oh, I needed to watch it was the one right before the pay-per-view. And that was because we had probably the, you know, maybe match of the weekend on Rampage. Um, I still think that was the best match of the weekend. <laughs> so to me, you you know, we mentioned pre-show, like the first few months of Rampage, it was must-watch TV. If I didn't watch it live, I watched it on Saturday. Um and I, I really don't know what the solution is because I know that CM Punk's, you know, they save CM Punk's debut for Rampage, which kind of helps set up like, hey, Rampage is a big deal, which I thought was a really smart decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just Kenny ha- dropping the Impact Championship yep. to Christian was on Rampage. Yeah. So so I just like I haven't, you know, I haven't felt like there's been, you know, huge stakes for Rampage. And, you know, we talked about how the Ricky Starks team Taz stuff has kind of been like the focus of rampage, which I, I like that in a vacuum. It's like, Hey, we need to make rampage special. We don't see Taz hook. Um, you know, we don't see those guys wrestle on dynamite. Really. They're, they're kind of a rampage and pay-per-view crew. 
Um, and I love those guys, but it's not it's not enough to make me watch it every week. And I don't know if it's just the, the star level of those guys or if I'm just like, OK, maybe this story's not catching me, catching me. I don't know. It's weird because we all wanted this third hour of, of wrestling and it started off so hot. But, yeah, it just kind of feels like. Eh. All right. So I guess we're going to have to do a role reversal here and I'm going to have to talk you all off right, the I, ledge. I mean, I, but, so. <laughs> I, this this shouldn't this shouldn't um, surprise you. Joel, you're the one who's like when in your prime was watching Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Ring of Honor shows impact. I was like, hey, yeah. what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm the one who's like, I'll pick one. I'll watch <laughs> that. Every like if you get me to watch anything else, like guess who hasn't watched Terminus yet? This guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> So that's on you. You should not not ask me to. Like if if your point is I need to watch more wrestling, Mike convince me to watch more wrestling. <laughs> That's not so, happening. <laughs> so I think I do think the Friday night thing hurts, right? Like I have a standing thing every Friday night, uh, and and so like that's not I'm never gonna watch it live. That's just not a thing that's gonna happen in my world. Um, however, I do think it's an excellent DVR watch. Because being able to skip through the commercials and skip through the picture in picture, like it is a tight 40 minutes of good content. Uh, And I I think maybe my complaint is more broad with AEW in general, which is that it's felt very samey of late. Like I think early on when AEW was fresh and new and exciting, they were featuring different talent on a weekly basis. And I kind of thought that that would come back when we got rampage that we were going to see more faces on tv um on a weekly basis and that just really hasn't been the case i feel like there's time on rampage that's given to pushing stories that are mainly on dynamite and then vice versa and it just it like the thing that comes to mind is the you know watching smackdown on upn as a kid and getting the raw rebound And getting to see like clips from a match on raw. And it's like, I don't really care about this because this isn't the story that I'm connecting with watching this program. And, you know, I I think a little bit less time spent on rehashing things from dynamite um, would make rampage better. And then less time spent rehashing things from rampage would make dynamite better. Uh, I also think too, is I, I've, I feel like they're afraid to let certain wrestlers just not appear on any AEW television in a given week. Like take the young bucks, for example, they're not really in a story right now. Like they weren't on dynamite this week. Mm-hmm. Do we re- like, yes, young bucks versus top flight will be a fun match, but mm-hmm. does that need to take up a segment when you could put, I don't know, you could do something more with, you know, a Ty Conti and a J tag match or something like does that need to like, do they have to, do they have to be on the show? Like, and I know it's cause you want to make sure the crowd sees their stars, but there are dark matches for a reason, like actual true dark matches. I've been mm-hmm. to plenty of WWE tapings where the dark matches were fun, really entertaining. They sent the crowd home happy. You could put, if you're not going to have the bucks on TV this week, fine, put them in a legitimate dark match that isn't taped for anything else and give the crowd that. So they at least see the bucks. But like, 
it feels like sometimes they're afraid to kind of let these guys sit on the bench too long. And I'm only talking about like the big, big guys, like prior to CM Punk coming back last week, like he hadn't been on any AEW television since the pay-per-view. And that was mm-hmm. refreshing. You know, yeah. it was refreshing because okay, one, we don't need to see him Two, punk probably deserves two weeks off. Like he's been working a lot. Um, but the, the point is if you, if you have those guys off the air, Make sure you're filling it with stuff that's interesting that gets us, you know, that we care about that can, you know, bring us back the next week. So, well, so you mentioned in our first topic how there was kind of the, you know, single storyline that popped up multiple times throughout the show where we had the backstage segment with FTR and then FTR had their match. And then there was the, you know, stuff with Wardlow and the post match stuff. And then later on, we got, you know, another FTR promo from backstage. So that's, you know, four segments of FTR stuff in one episode, and I'm okay with that. But if we come back next week on Dynamite and we have four more segments of FTR stuff <laughs> on one yeah. episode, like that two weeks in a row, that's a problem. Uh, you know, CM Punk having a great match last week with Dax Harwood and then having a great match this week with Max Caster, like, okay, I... I I don't love that he opened the show two weeks in a row with a match that doesn't really have any kind of storyline implications at all. Like a one-off like that is cool. Um, Just like with the Bucks, like the Bucks having a match with Top Flight is cool. And I'm excited to watch that. Um, But if we just have a parade of Bucks matches with random tag teams that isn't leading to anything, isn't part of a storyline, and that's a recurring thing that's taking up time week after week that's when I start to have a problem. Um, yeah. You know, we, we've had be this, better... we've had this Andrade oh, yeah. family office and, you know, Darby and sting stuff that's been taking up a ton of segments and has been across both uh, rampage and dynamite. And sure. It involves a bunch of wrestlers, but it's like not that interesting of a storyline. Like it's gone downhill from, the kind of comedic beginnings that it had when Andrade was trying to hire that kid who works for Mr. Sting. And it, it, it peaked at the pay-per-view like yeah. that. The pay-per-view would have been a, a perfect time like to end that. And not only could, was that the time to end it, they then did the whole Hardy split and then brought Sting and Darby back into it. Like you could have had the whole Matt Hardy's kicked out of the family office and it's Jeff and Matt versus the right. AFO. Like we've seen that all the time. Have some two like you want to you want to get Top Flight on TV. Have Top Flight come save the Hardys because hey, we love you guys as kids. That works better than bringing in Darby and Sting. Would honestly, they should be doing their own thing. Um, and honestly, it feels like this is going to drag out and be like either a gimmick, like a you know a um, cinematic match or something down the line. It just, I don't know. And to your point on like the young bucks, like keep them off TV for a while. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And with CM Punk too, it's like, okay, you had CM Punk off of two weeks. I'm not expecting there to be a CM Punk story. We've had four weeks since the pay-per-view and CM Punk has no clear direction of where they're going. Cause it was two weeks away. And then it was two one-off matches while entertaining while super fun isn't well really i mean doing anything. we had the kind of post match tonight where he kind of signified that he's 
you know, going after whoever wins between Adam Page um, and Adam Cole, which kind of, you know, gave away that they're going to have a rematch, which didn't feel yeah. like it necessarily had to happen. Um, but, you and know, he specifically said, I don't know who's going to be the champion next week, which made it sound like, oh, are we getting a title match next week on Dynamite? Like it made it seem like there was a, a match like about to happen. So, yeah, that was very, very weird. So, yeah, I don't man. I don't know. I don't know how to answer the rampage question. It's so like, I guess I'll leave it by saying, like, here's where I'm at with it, which is I enjoy it, um, but I enjoy it largely because it's short and yeah. um, it if it was two hours long, I probably would not watch it, um, which honestly was the same with dark like when dark started out and it yeah. was a tight 40 minute show i was watching dark every single week and then it ballooned up to this like hour and a half hour and 45 minutes of mostly squash matches yeah and it's like why why would i spend my time watching this like i'm not getting well, anything from this and i'd rather just be excited about a new talent popping up when someone from that show filters up to you know television um, mm-hmm. than have this backlog of having seen them win 37 squash matches before, you know, they lose to Ty Conti. Yeah. 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 And luckily TV deals are pretty hard to change. So don't expect an extra hour thrown in on Friday anytime soon, but Thank Joel, goodness. why don't we move on? Why don't we move on to lightning round? Because we have talked a lot on these three topics and there's some other stuff that I feel we both want to get yeah, to. I think it's gonna have to be a true lightning round one sentence or less. Like let's, let's do this. Fuck. Lightning round. The last two weeks of Jay Lethal is what I wanted to see from Jay Lethal and AEW. Uh, that match with Adam Cole, this match with John Moxley were were really fun, really fun matches. Um, he's gone to show off. You know, this one was really physical because you gotta wrestle physical when you wrestle John Moxley. Last week had a lot of flippity doos and and speed. So he's just such a versatile wrestler and his out of the ring issues aside, he is an asset in the ring. And two weeks in a row, we've gotten to see him on the main program and I'm for it. He's such a talent. Yeah, this was easily his best match in the company. And I thought the psychology was the highlight here. Uh, His body language was great in showing like he's feeling down and defeated after taking losses and um i think this is an interesting place and i'm looking forward to seeing what comes next uh my first topic for lightning round is uh jade cargill continues to get better and better on the mic and i wanted to highlight something that she did on twitter in the last week which is going on twitter and being a heel and being like there's too many ugly people at AEW live events and I need to get some people that I don't mind looking at in the crowd which is how she established the baddies section um, which I think is just brilliant and uh, she is a tremendous talent a tremendous promoter of herself and an amazing asset to the company yeah and she had that tweet last week basically like yeah baddies show me what you got and it was a lot just it was really inspirational I don't know if you saw the thread but it was just all these women like posting their favorite photos of themselves talking about like, Hey, can I be a baddie next week? And Jade responded to a ton of them. 
directly. Uh, she's she is you know I, I'm qu- quickly becoming one of my favorite people in the pro wrestling sphere. Um, I'm huge, huge fan. Yeah. So thanks for bringing that up because I would have forgotten about that whole baddie section thing she did. So that was really cool. Um, something I want to talk about, Joel, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Gun Club works for me. I'm enjoying. <laughs> I'm enjoying the Ass Boys. Um, they have gotten so much better. I think you mentioned what is it? Colton has just taken such a leap over the last uh, year, and they have the heel tactics down. Like I'm watching this match. I'm like, I fucking hate you. And then just <laughs> and just having a ma- like because Billy Gunn's a big guy. Billy yeah. Gunn's a big fucking dude. So to have him in your manager as like an enforcer, that punch he landed on one of, I can't remember who on FTR took it. Cash. On the, yeah, Cash. That looked devastating. And like, you just don't see that from a lot of AEW talent because they're not that big. So I, a tentative thumbs up to the ass boys. <laughs> like, I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, apparently the uh, Denhausen curse uh, is not working on them because they're, <laughs> they're, they're doing well for themselves. Um, I got to talk about the thing that I might be most excited about outside of the debut of Tony Storm um, from this episode. And that is the come up for Wheeler Yuta. Like he's had some great matches before. This felt like a star making moment. This match that he had with Danielson and like the moment where he's about to get his head kicked in and he just spat in Danielson's face and Danielson sold it so well just being absolutely pissed off and disgusted and after the match like being like ugh I am gross and wiping his forehead and his face and being looking at his hand and being like this is nasty uh I thought that was great uh and William Regal on commentary just took it to another level tremendous Yuta's 25 holy shit <laughs> like, he is so good like you want to talk about like oh yeah tony storm's 26 wheel Eater's 25 and like we wondered how would AEW develop people make new stars and they are constantly putting young wrestlers in these positions and trusting them lee moriarty we'll if we look at our last generation of like hey those guys could be really good someday dante martin jungle boy you know it's 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 great. It's wonderful. And yeah, Wheeler Yuta is. A, I I texted you. They should have made this a pure rules match, since Wheeler Yuta is challenging for the pure rules title at Supercard of Honor on Friday. Yeah, and Danielson's I, a former pure rules yep. champion. And yeah, I just I, think that would have been a fun way to like introduce the concept to AEW fans and like put it on TV because I think they could have had a really that could have been way. It was really fun. Don't get me wrong, but like, that could have been a nice twist to something different on AEW TV. Yeah, and I think there's an inherent risk in doing that because Pure Rules is not for everyone. Like, it is for those of us who love the psychology of a wrestling match. And um, I don't think it has the tremendous broad appeal. If it did, Jonathan Gresham would be the biggest pro wrestler in the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, but but I, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some pure rules stuff, and I hope that filters into AEW once they have that ROH connection really up mm-hmm. and running. Uh, but yeah, this is just such a great match. Yeah, um, one thing I wanted to kind of talk about, and it's just uh, the the und- what is it? Are they the undisputed elite 
Is that what they're going by? That is what they called themselves, yes. That's what they called themselves? Don't mind that, but I don't know. The whole stealing the belt thing, if you're going to steal the belt, hold on to the belt for more than a few days. Like, I know there's been stories where, like, the person who stole the belt had the belt for, like, three or four weeks, and the champion didn't get it back until they beat them. It it kind of sucked, like, just, like, to have the belts for a single week. Like, I feel they could have done a lot more with this and made it a lot more fun. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it didn't bother me. I, I, I loved the gaff tape over the title plates yeah, that with was their cool. names handwritten <laughs> in. Um, I, I thought they were having fun with it. I loved Kyle O'Reilly, like completely failing to cut a pro and being like, I think I had <laughs> too much champagne. <laughs> I'm going to sit down. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really good. I, it's like they wanted to give us a glimpse of what these three as champions would look like. Um, uh, one other thing I love from this is I loved Adam Page coming out in the in the Tesla with JBL Longhorns uh, on the hood. Like, yep. like the first thing I thought of was uh, Mr. JBL's limo. So uh, cool little callback there. And I, I told you my fantasy booking for this match. I want uh, the ultimate, the undisputed elite versus Page and Jurassic Express with a winner take Saul six man's match. Both titles on the line. I, w- I would love to see something like that because it'd be different. Be and yeah, put those six in a, a trios match. That would be ridiculous. So any, do you have anything else? I, I mean, like- there's other stuff we could talk about. There was so much on this episode. Uh, I'm just going to run through a few things quickly. Um, I'm excited to see uh, Marina Shafir and see like how she's developed. I saw her a little bit back in NXT and mm-hmm. she was still really green. Um, it's been a long time and uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what she looks like. Really stoked for this uh, Will Hobbs and Keith Lee match that we're going to get. That's going to be tremendous. And um, uh, Nyla Rose cut a really good promo tonight. And, uh, I didn't like uh, it. I didn't like it. Oh, I it dug felt it. Like, it felt like every single promo she's done since she's been in AEW, which I know it, she attacks the new champion. She cuts a good promo. Then she fucking loses. Like, I mean, look, we, we pro wrestling isn't good because we don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's good when it's done well. And I think we know what this feud is. She's serving the feud well. And, I'm just glad she's the one talking and not Vicky Guerrero. Get well, Vicky Guerrero yeah. off my television. I do not need her. She does not add anything. She takes away from Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose is better off without Vicky Guerrero. Full stop. True. True. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about, Joel, is I'm just looking at all of the indie events this weekend coming from Dallas, and I am so jealous. <laughs> I am so jealous. <laughs> Of what's going on down there. Like Friday alone, there's a GCW show. Then there's uh, the NJPW Lone Star Shootout. Then there's uh, Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. Uh, Then there's the Impact Pro Wrestling Multiverse of Matches at 10 o'clock on Friday night. Like, dude. (laughs) Oh, I know. We've we've talked about before. (sighs) So I think... You know, with the advent of iPay-Per-View, most of these are available. Most of these shows are available. And I think doing the 
digital WrestleMania weekend uh, is something I would be down to do sometime, like one year, like get together, not necessarily where WrestleMania is going to be. Um, and then, you know, rather than spending money on tickets and having to pay for overpriced food and hotels or Airbnbs or whatever, like hang out, watch cherry pick the wrestling shows that we want and not have to deal with travel time. Cause like <laughs> if we were in Texas, we wouldn't be able to stay for all of Supercard of honor and then go to the multiverse of matches. Like they're not happening in the same location. So you're going to miss something. Whereas if you're watching at home, you just switch that stream over. You know, if you're, if you're a total sicko, you could have multiple streams going at the same time, multiple uh-huh. wrestling shows. Like, I mean, we could do it up big. There's there's a lot of fun to be had that doesn't require being around smelly wrestling fans. <laughs> the smelliest, the smelliest. Um, and in Texas in April, <laughs> the stank is going to be real. Yeah. You're going to be able to see the lines coming off of people on your screen like it's a freaking yeah. cartoon. Those stink lines will be present. <laughs> Anywho watch wrestling i know we earlier i literally said like oh i'm not gonna watch more wrestling <laughs> like i was a downer so that's like, the thing that's, that's cracking me up right now is like you're talking about all these shows and you're like oh i wish i could go to these shows you're not gonna watch a damn thing you're not gonna watch any of these uh i i, I i'll watch like we can you want you want you want me to sell you 10 bucks because i will send you half of multiverse of mat- matches because that looks awesome like that card looks great um yeah that's one that i, I We'll probably, I mean, I do want to watch Supercard of Honor because I think there's going to be some implications for AEW yeah. related stuff. And there's so much AEW talent on it that are people I want mm-hmm. to see. So I will probably watch that. I'm not going to be able to watch it live, though. Uh, see previous comments about having a standing yes. Friday night thing. Uh, but I sh- might be home in time for Multiverse of Matches. And um, I've got a week off work coming up. So I may stay up and watch that because consequences be damned. <laughs> yeah so i i also think the thing is too is like i love going to indie wrestling shows like it's such a i find indie wrestling shows to be such a fun environment like not even like i don't even consider AEW like that anymore like i I went to a gcw show was like in this old warehouse and you're really just like all standing around a ring watching people like almost die and there's just something to that compared to like going to like a big arena show like these small shows are special and I do miss like I haven't been to a real good indie show in a long time, which is a bummer. Yeah, because they don't really Those, come up here that much. The hotel ballrooms, you know, that kind of yeah. venue like it is cool because it only takes about 12 people chanting vigorously for that sound to fill the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is just random audio I may cut because we're just dragging. But um yeah, if you haven't done a WrestleMania weekend where you go to all the indie shows, do it. It's fun. And I'm going to take us out of here. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. Joel at The Other Joel. Me at Michael underscore Aranda. Um, you can email this, us at The Other Wrestling Show at gmail.com. Um, you can get your get the podcast wherever podcasts are. Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. We're there. Um, Joel, any anything to say before I fall asleep to the Big Bang Theory? Uh, join the dark order join the dark order remember everybody life's a work duck the clothesline and happy wrestling Bye.